This podcast is brought to you by Fear Free, the initiative that takes the pet out of petrified and puts treat into treatment. Learn more at fearfreepets.com. All right, what is up, listeners? This is your host of the Fear Free podcast series, Alex Jimenez. My apologies if I sound a little like I'm underwater or a little raspy. I got kind of funky cold that is so common this time of year, but that is not going to stop the episode from happening today. Love talking about Fear Free. I love the hustle. I love the passion in our community. Speaking of hustle and passion, we have with us today Joe Graham. Joe is a CVPM, Certified Practice Manager, HR Professional, Emotional Intelligence Coach with almost 10 years of experience, and she's a national speaker, educator on the topics of Fear Free Leadership and Practice Management. So, Joe, thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, thanks, Alex. It's a pleasure to be here. So to get things going, I always like to uh, just ask if you can tell us a little bit more about yourself and uh, how you got involved with Fear Free. Sure, yeah. As you mentioned, you know, I am a certified uh, veterinary practice manager and I've been in uh, various roles in practice, um, such as emergency mixed animal practice with varying degrees of uh, size of staff. And so as time has gone on, obviously, in the industry has changed, you know, I really... Um, I, I am a big fan of CE. I encourage my staff to attend CE. And uh, a couple of years ago, I had a staff member really um, hear Dr. Marty Becker speak and came back just very energized by Fear Free and this concept of creating a better patient and client experience. Um, so it really was um, a natural progression for myself, a number of my team members, and also um, I know a number of colleagues in the field that have also successfully introduced Fear Free into their practices, Um, one of whom introduced me to um, yourself and a couple of the other folks um, in in Fear Free, which has now led me to be speaking next year in 2018 um, at a number of cities on a symposia that we are doing, mostly centered around communication um, at that symposia. So it's exciting. It's exciting to be part of the, the team now. Yeah. We're really excited about the new, the 2018 workshop. It's going to be totally different from this year's symposia, really hands-on, really interactive experience. So uh, we're really glad to have you on board with those. Yeah. It's a really excellent collaborative group of people. Um, and I'm, I'm really excited. I think that folks are going to be, uh, excited to attend. So not even thinking about fear free, can you tell us just how important is culture to the overall success, including financial success, of a practice? Oh, gosh. Um, it is it's essential. I mean, so to put it simply, culture is an essential part of practice health, financial health. Uh, it affects, you know, your employees, your clients, client retention, employee retention. Um, culture, you know, it's really the foundation for how – you do things in your practice and so naturally it follows that how you do things and how you know your how you do things affect your clients and your patients will really drive your bottom line Um, many good veterinarians i have worked with over the years have said you know practice good medicine and then the financial health follows Um, and i think it's a really important part of that though is that your culture is aligned with your values and what you, how you want to practice medicine um, so that you can have longevity in practice uh, in a financially stable practice. 
Right, right. And, you know, I wouldn't say that culture is more important now than ever because it's obviously, it's always been important. I think we're just paying more attention to it now. And, you know, with compassion fatigue and all the things going on out there within, you know, the increasing suicide rates within the veterinary profession, uh, you know, I think we all know at this point how important it is to address it. And, you know, one of the things that we wanted to talk with you about today was how fear-free can impact culture. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I think culture becomes imperative these days, and you have a culture, whatever the culture may be in your practice, that's obviously going to be different, but every practice has a culture. Um, And I just, I think that fear-free really adds an element of collaboration, really the opportunity for teams to come together, to try new techniques, to create new experiences for uh, clients and improve patient outcomes, I think. Um, I think as a practice adopts fear-free mindset, a fear-free mindset, it really creates room for reinforcement of certain practice values. Uh, Values could be compassion, excellence, um, providing opportunities, and you can really leverage certain team members on your, uh, in your group as well to become sort of practice champions and to really and many of the, the team members that have a, uh, taken on Fear Free, it's usually been a technician or even a CSR. It's often not been the practice manager or the practice owner necessarily. So that's great. And it's really encouraging to hear that practice members really want to buy into their own personal success and bring something on board that contributes to the success overall of the practice and the other team members can be involved in. So I think it gives a unique opportunity to really leverage those team members and give them something that they can be proud of um, to implement into their into their business. And I think it aligns them with a deeper purpose and a moving forward in their own individual careers. Right. I really like the way you put that. And you know, we've I think we touch on some of it in the modules that idea of the you know the champion within your practice. So how does you know the the culture that you've talked about and how it's impacted by fear free and that collaborative, you know, team spirit, how does leadership play a role in that? <laughs> unfortunately, a lot, <laughs> fortunately or unfortunately, however you want to look at it, but uh, really leadership, it, it, it's an old adage, but it starts at the top. Um, I do think we have multiple leaders in our practice. I don't think that it starts and stops with the practice owner or practice manager by any means. Um, But usually we are, as practice owners, practice managers, the influencers, and we have the ultimate say oftentimes. Um, And so that's a huge responsibility on our part. And so we can either encourage, uh, we can either encourage a, a a practice culture of leadership across all levels, or we can squash that growth and creativity um, if, if we don't decide that we want to lead our teams and to have, uh, self-directed, creative, dynamic folks on our team that are often better than we are. In all honesty, some of these folks that I've worked with, um, you know, they're a really important part of the team. So as leaders, we really have to set that example. We have to set the tone and enculturate our our core values and vision into our colleagues and our teams and really anybody that we work with in the practice. Culture extends to vendors that you work with. You know, it really affects everybody entering your building. So we have to get really, really, really clear, I think, first and foremost about our role in our practice culture and look internally. And 
you know, that's not easy. Um, I've had to do it myself. Um, and it, but it's imperative if you want to shift the tide or create a positive culture um, within your business, then you have to kind of look at what your core values and where you stand in relationship to that. It doesn't happen on accident. Um, culture is created, I think, over time and small acts. And if we look internally and we realize that we haven't positively influenced our practice or our team, we have the power to correct that. And that's the good part about <laughs> practice culture is that you can change it. It's not set in stone. Um, but it involves really letting go of ego, which as a leader myself, and I know other leaders, that's a challenge. That's difficult to do. And also can involve being vulnerable at times and admitting maybe we weren't at our best or maybe we did something that, you know, didn't um, encourage trust or collaboration or anything like that. And we have to apologize for that. And we have to be vulnerable in order to do that. And that can be pretty scary, even for a leader at times. But it's an important part um, of where to start with leadership, I think. Yeah, absolutely. I think you're spot on with, you know, that idea of vulnerability playing a part in this, especially with Fear Free being so new. People may have been practicing Fear Free type things in the past, but as a package and as a program, this is a change agent and it's transforming a lot of medicine and it's challenging the ways that things have been done. And, you know, people might get a little bit of a self-conscious when they realize that, hey, maybe some of the ways that I was doing these things before was actually causing fear, anxiety, and stress in my patients. And now there's this new way of doing it that challenges that. And change, even for the better, it, it's often very uncomfortable. Absolutely. And again, I think, too, it's, uh, it's a case of, of the fear-free concept isn't telling anybody that we've been doing it wrong um, all these years. Um, there's just as medicine advances, as, as veterinary technology advances, there come these ideas and concepts and discussions about, well, here's what we've been doing. Could we do it differently and improve the experience for everybody involved? And that's one of the things that I really like about Fear Free and that practice members that have brought it on into various teams have said that it really just makes the experience better for everybody. And I think that's really important. Right, right. So speaking of that experience, you've seen variations of Fear Free. You're going to be speaking on it. You've seen practices without it. What would you define as sort of a palpable difference in a clinic that has Fear Free certified professionals versus those that don't? Well, I think it's been my experience overall that um, you brought up fear, stress, and anxiety. Um, I think it, it really is lifted from not only patients coming into the practice, but also practice members. And I've walked into a fear-free practice, and there's this sense of not that things aren't busy or that things aren't, um, you know, there aren't emergencies or critical cases, but there's sort of more of a uh, management of that experience and, and what's going on and every team member knows their place and what's involved and the clients are more involved with their patients or with their pets <laughs> and, um, you know, creating that reduced anxiety level, that reduced stress level, and it translates across anybody that's involved with it. Um, it's pretty powerful. I think a lot of that comes from, you know, even aside from fear free, I think that comes from a, a well-oiled machine, you know, for lack of a better word, it, 
when a team works together, you can feel it when you walk into any business, whether it's Starbucks or, you know, your, your local grocery store. Like if you see team members having fun, responding nicely to each other, being kind, big smiles, smiling on the phone, that's all indicative of a positive work culture. And I think that fear free is sort of the, the, um, an element of that, that can encourage all of those things. Um, so, you know, we want to go back to places that provide us with that positive experience, that enriching experience um, as a client, guest, and an employee. So I always encourage my staff members to think of our clients as guests at our party. <laughs> and so what kind of party do we want to be having? And then also what kind of hosts do we want to be? And I think Fear Free just kind of, like I said, adds an extra element to that of we want to work well together and we want to provide the best experience and best medicine for our, our patients and uh, their, their pet owners. Right. I like that analogy a lot. That's the first time I've heard that. It <laughs> resonates with me at least. <laughs> yes. Want to go to a party? <laughs> yeah. No, we're coming up on that. It's a good time of year for that. So, um, so culture is obviously important. Fear free and the role that it can play as an element of building a positive culture is important. And everybody, I think everybody deep down wants and would love to have a positive culture, but it's one thing to say it, but how do you actually go about changing culture? Oh man, that's a tough one. Um, you know, I think first of all, like I said before, you really have to look internally as an individual leader or practice owner, but also kind of checking out what's going on with your practice, kind of taking the temperature of what's going on with your practice currently. Um, you know, and think about, you know, when I was trying to establish culture in a different practice, you know, thinking about where have I been recently that I really felt had a positive culture that I resonated with, that I wanted to go back to and kind of writing down those sort of attributes that, that comprise that team, like were they all laughing together, smiling together, did they make eye contact with me, so on and so forth, and then really apply it to your current practice, and do you get that same feeling? Do you connect in that same way? And if you as the practice owner don't connect in the same way, then maybe there's something going on there that needs to be addressed. Yeah, exactly. So. You know, I think we need to start developing then, if that's the case, if you walk into your practice and, you know, you, you are cringing kind of to be there, <laughs> hopefully that's not happening too much. But if you're walking in and you're dreading that being there, then maybe there's, like I said, something going on that we need to look at. So it's probably time then to start developing or revamping your mission and core values. And I think we've all gone through training on mission, vision, values, and we all have something probably written down in a handbook or something like that, but does your staff know it? How many new staff members have you hired, and is it discussed during hiring? You know, I think we tend to write it down, put it in a book, kind of forget about it, and that's not what it's designed for. That's not the intent, and you look at large um, businesses, doesn't even have to be a corporation, but large successful businesses all have a similar thing in common in that their team knows what, why they're there and what they're doing. Um, and everybody can kind of get that same opinion and that same level of understanding. Um, so really writing that down and, and just brainstorming, getting some paper 
and a pen and just writing down words that resonate with you as an individual. I think that if you're a practice owner, a business owner, that's where you start as an individual. What do I believe in? What are my values? And then how can I translate that into my business and, and get people on my team that are in alignment with that same purpose? Um, you know, it doesn't have to be a long list. Or it can be as long or short as I think people want, but ultimately it should narrow down to four or five core values that really are committable that I think that people can follow and that they can be held accountable against. So words like professionalism, empathy, uh, integrity, those are all examples of core values. Um, And I think once you've created that, it's imperative to involve your team in it and kind of get their feelings on it. Like, okay, what, what do we do here? How do we do it? What sets us apart? What makes us different? And I think by having them involved, you really get their buy-in to what is uh, happening, you know, what's going on, especially if there's an overhaul happening in terms of the practice culture and letting them know why you're doing this. Again, that goes back to that vulnerability of, okay, guys, you know, we've, we've, we've got this going on here. We want to over take a look at our culture. What do you think our culture is and where do you want to take it? Um, and a SWOT analysis can help here too, because we you can identify your strengths, weaknesses, your opportunities, and your threats. And I think to ultimately shift the tide, there has to be those accountability checkpoints along the way, or touch points, as I like to call them. And team meetings are a big part of that. I don't believe that leaders have to be at every team meeting, and it, honestly, it's better if we're not. Again, as I mentioned earlier, I think we have those leaders in our teams already, and probably the folks that are listening can already think of one or two people that popped up into their head right away that really already align with them um, and could really start to take on more of a leadership role in their hospitals um, and kind of start to take on helping other team members get on board um, with that. So meetings, leading meetings, huddles, however you want to refer to it, but the the leader honestly does not need to be at every single one. And I think that that says something for your practice culture too, if you can have self-directed leaders in your team and trust them (laughs) to lead meetings and carry forth the vision and values, that becomes part of your culture as well. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, it sounds a little bit, well, or maybe a lot of that it's not just something like you, you said that perfectly that you just put into, you know, uh, some policy book and then it gets dusty on a shelf. It's something you have to practice and that has to, you know, that takes time and effort that might not happen right away, but it will have some, you know, some change over time. So one of the things I like to do on mm-hmm. these is I ask our guests if they have any like hands-on tips. So for example, in our last uh, we did a, a podcast, uh, Dr. Julie Reck on culture, and she was talking about how, um, you know, we were talking about getting your staff on board with it, which is, you know, related to this conversation. But she said, have, if you're a technician out there and you're in a new practice mm-hmm. that hasn't embraced Fear Free and you want to get them on board, take your manager out to lunch and just say, hey, I want to tell you about this idea. I heard about this course or I took this course. So a really implementable, like you already gave tons of examples already when you were talking about, you know, how you go about changing it. But do you have any, like, just, you know, hands-on tips that people and listeners could do right away? Oh, sure. Well, I think an easy one is to, like I said, dig out the handbook, look at it. You know, if, if your mission statement was written 
25 years ago by people that don't work for the practice anymore, just, you know, start there. But if it's a good one and it's still sound and it's still relative and relatable, um, I think that you can start to think about ways that you can incorporate that into your daily life in practice. So maybe it's on the wall in the break room so that staff see it on a regular basis. Maybe it's on your website because it's really important, as I said, that clients feel that from you and understand what drives your practice. And so putting it on your website could allow not only clients, but potential employees to kind of see, you know, what you're all about and connect with you on that personal level. Um, I think to start by holding meetings to really identify, you know, discuss and solve issues that maybe have negatively impacted your culture or identifying ways that you can bring something new into the practice like fear free. Okay. If we're going to bring on fear free, how are we going to do it as a team? So you don't have these sort of individual satellites buzzing around trying to do things on their own. Let's work together to make it a success. And I think if, if you as an individual um, are affecting your culture in a not so great way, and I'm not just talking about leadership here, I'm talking about anybody that walks into the practice on a daily basis. If you're not affecting your culture in a positive way, it's okay. I think it's, it's fair. We're all human. We have life going on outside of our practice. But you also have the power to change it and to start to change it. And I, I love speaking with uh, Dr. Rex. She's fantastic. And I think that's another opportunity to admit, okay, this I haven't been doing the, the very best that I can. I'm going to make some changes. If you're a leader, include your team in those changes, and you really can turn the ship around. But by no means does it happen overnight. And I think one of the biggest things that I would like to, to reassure our, our listeners is just that be patient with yourself. Culture isn't something that happens by accident. As I said earlier, it takes a small acts over a long period of time. So to change that culture is going to be the same in the opposite direction. So be patient. Change is hard. It doesn't happen overnight. Um, And we need to um, really stick with it, though, because I think oftentimes we hit that critical point where it's been really hard. It doesn't seem to be changing. So, okay, we're just going to give up with whatever we, we bring into the practice or whatever changes we make. There's always that point. And it's that point that I think it's really important that we stick to it and keep pushing through because that's the turning point. So just for folks, you know, this is, this is a big, big deal. And especially if you're looking internally, it's hard work, but uh, it pays off in the end in more ways than one. But also, we all want to show up to work every day and do a good job and have fun while we're at it. And um, I think that there's a lot of ways we can get there by looking at our practice culture. Yeah, great stuff. Well, that is all we have for today's show. Joe, thank you so much for joining us today. Your insights, hope I know, will actually really help our listeners out as they uh, continue down the fear-free road. So thanks everybody for joining and listening in. Uh, As always, learn more at fearfreepets.com and be sure to check out our beta version, our soft launch of our consumer initiative, Fear Free Happy Homes.